New legislation passed in Parliament will give police unprecedented powers to tackle criminals on the dark web, including pedophiles and traffickers. But critics warn it turns Australia into a surveillance state and intrudes on the privacy of everyday citizens. They're the new laws the Morrison government claims will help authorities defeat the most depraved criminals operating in the darkest underbelly of cyberspace. Those of that opinion say aye. Aye. Or those against? Aye. The ayes have it. The Identity and Disrupt Bill gives federal police agencies the power to spy on suspects and even take over their online personas. This is a pretty extraordinary power that these police are going to now be able to have to really crack down on some pretty serious offences, whether it's um, child sex exploitation, whether it's drugs, whether it's, it's weapons. The bill was passed with bipartisan support. It is vital we continue to work constructively in the interest of national security. But the new powers prompted concern from the minor parties. The two major parties are in complete lockstep with each other and they are leading us down the road to a surveillance state. We're joined on the line by Lucy Kraholtsova, the executive director of Digital Rights Watch, who advocate for our basic rights and freedoms when engaging in the digital world. Thanks for your time this morning, Lucy. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Look, just start, if you would, by giving us a brief summary of this new legislation, which has passed with bipartisan support in the federal parliament. Yeah, well, it passed not just with bipartisan support, but also within 24 hours in both of the houses. So (laughs) we are really setting some records. Um, The legislation is called the Identify and Disrupt Bill, um, now an act, of course, um, and it introduces several new powers for law enforcement to conduct investigations um, online. And it builds on what some uh, listeners might be familiar with, which is uh, known as the Assistance and Access Act, or TOLA, which was passed in 2018. Um, And that gave law enforcement uh, the power to access some encrypted messages. Um, This goes a bit further. It gives them uh, warrants to be able to intercept traffic um, online. So the sort of in the back end, all the communications um, and everything that's going on. It gives them power to access data in a computer, to download things, to modify things, and even take over certain accounts so they can impersonate any of us if it facilitates um, their investigations. So there's a lot of a lot of worrying things uh, that the bill is introducing all at once. And essentially, yeah, it's to empower them in the digital era, which some people might see as justified to an extent, but It just comes with very little oversight and checks and balances. Um, So this is, I would say, world first, just in terms of scope and the power that it actually trusts uh, to the AFP, so the Australian Federal Police and the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission. And what exactly are the concerns, Lucy? Yeah, so I I think our main concerns from an individual sort of rights perspective is that you will never know if you've been targeted by any of these warrants. So there's never a notification. The only way you can really find out is if you are part of a criminal case that ends up going to court and ends up being charged. Uh, But if they're just intercepting, let's say, traffic, so if you're connected to a network, either through your friends or family, 
or anything like that, um, and they're intercepting your all your communications traffic for several years, you will never know. Um, there's no notification ever to people. And we've argued um, that after the investigation is conducted in a democratic society, uh, people should be notified that that happened and why it happened not just from a liberties perspective, but of course, so that people can take any steps uh, they might find necessary to secure, you know, their their digital environment. Often it's, you know, several devices that might be compromised for an investigation. So we think that's an important fact. And the other thing that we suggested and that um, the Parliamentary Joint Committee suggested as well when they did their report was to have a public interest advocate um, in the decisions. So as it stands, a law enforcement official uh, brings the warrant or the request to a judge or magistrate or a tribunal member. They bring it there and there's really no um, advocate for the person. So you are having a really one-sided uh, perspective being represented by law enforcement and uh, there's just no one making the counter argument. And so we think that's a Another huge problem, but th- those are just two examples I could probably come up with. Sure. Well, look, there are three main warrants, data disruption warrants, account takeover warrants, and network activity warrants. I am told that, and we'll get into that, that there there are safeguards, but is your main concern that these powers will be abused, could be abused? We are concerned that it would be abused because there have been confirmed reports that law enforcement uses some uh, surveillance powers to spy on their spouses, ex-partners, friends and colleagues. So that is documented in the intelligence community. This actually has a term called love, love int, all capital letters. It's a very common phenomenon. Um, and the other thing, of course, we're worried that it's going to be used in the loosest interpretation um, of the law. And so just to clarify, you know, I think they often... Um, when uh, officials speak on television or in radio, they're, they're often, they often default to saying that it, this is only about incredibly serious offenses, terrorism, uh, you know, drug operations, huge international crime. But the reality is the text is drafted in a way that um, anyone who poses a threat to property, for instance, is considered under this legislation. So uh, folks who are planning protests, for instance, if, if they're planning a disruption to even traffic in the city, uh, or if they're uh, planning, you know, to uh, spray paint a building in protest, something like that, they get captured under the legislation. And um, I'm, I'm not justifying the acts, but I'm using them as examples just to say that this can be used really over broadly. So, you know, even something like school children making jokes about, you know, messing a place up or teenagers say really silly things sometimes. All sorts of things can be captured under the scope the way it's drafted. And uh, we've seen that in the past. Things often get used against journalists. They get used against activists and environmental activists, particularly in Australia, have often been uh, branded on being on the edge of terrorism. So I definitely would um, count them as being under the scope of this bill. But the government and and MPs like Tim Wilson said that uh, this really is only going after uh, people operating in the dark web, such as people involved in pedophile rings and criminal networks. It's not really going to affect the average person using their computer for everyday purposes or, or social media, though. He's either lying or he hasn't taken the time to find out the, how scopes of, this legisl- of similar legislations have been used in the past. Everyone has rights, even if they're suspected of criminal activity. That's the first thing I'd say. And second, the way it's drafted, for instance, uh, the network activity warrants, 
you're actually not looking for specific criminals. A network activity warrant can just be to look into a network that you suspect and you can look for a crime if you think that the crime is likely. So there's no way he can say that it's going to be used only in certain instances for certain crimes. The legislation is literally drafted in a way where they can go look for certain types of crime. So that's either he's not read the legislation or um, he's happily ignorant of what it says. The surveillance legislation amendment identity and disrupt bill is actually quite a innovative, modern, but actually worrying piece of legislation. And I don't say that as any point of criticism of the legislation or its intent, but in the end it raises serious questions about the bounds of the state, the capacity in which uh, police force and uh, our agencies can investigate certain operations and the means in which uh, they can do so. I support the bill wholeheartedly, but I have reservations about it, and I'm glad that there are constant review mechanisms around how we look at this legislation, both independently through the National Security Legislation Monitor, as well as uh, the IGES and, of course, the PJCIS, as well as this parliament of which we reviewed uh, legislation around specific and extraordinary powers only in recent days, because we must always make sure that when legislation of this sort is put before the parliament and imposed upon the people, that it has uh, proper uh, accountability and scrutiny and that it continues to meet the needs to keep Australians free and safe. Government MP Tim Wilson, who's a strong advocate of civil liberties and is well known for that over the years, he ended up supporting the bill and says he's confident that all the necessary checks and balances in the form of accountability and scrutiny are in place to ensure that these new powers are not abused. Uh, he's a member of the uh, committee that actually uh, looked at it very closely. You're, you're obviously not convinced. Well, I, I, uh, I'm certainly not. <laughs> as I said, there's um, really no rights that you have under there as an individual. That, to me, is the first flag. If he's saying that there is enough accountability and enough checks and balances, I disagree. We have something called a warrant that's not subject to actual judicial oversight. That's a farce. It's, it's, it, it, they're called emergency authorizations, and um, they can go and serve a warrant without actually having had a judge look at it. It's make-believe and it's pretend. And what I would also say is in the legislation, specifically for network activity warrants, which I think are incredibly um, invasive in, in the nature that they can capture entire networks, entire communication systems, there's a huge section on dealing with whistleblowers and people who, dis who might disclose the scope um, of operations or any sort of undergoing uh, warrants that might be served. So even if you are a member of um, of AFP or ASIC, uh, who these powers uh, are, are given to, and you feel uncomfortable with what's happening, there's actually no reporting and no place for you to take that. So to me, that spells out trouble, that there's no mechanism built in, and actually you're punished. And the only time that network activity warrant um, information can be used in court is actually to convict whistleblowers. That's what's in the text. And so I can't take at face value in saying that there's checks and balances when literally they are punishing um, people who might want to be speaking about some of these warrants or speak to the press or to the public about what they see happening. Isn't it too late, though, now, uh, Lucy? This legislation has been passed by both sides of uh, politics. Is there anything that anyone can do? 
Yeah, I reckon legislation is not absolute, so it's passed. It's on the books. Um, but uh, there is a petition actually um, on GetUp to repeal the Identify and Disrupt bill. That petition calls for a repeal. I'm not sure that's doable since it did get bipartisan support, but um, there are mechanisms to review some of the powers in the bill. Um, I would recommend it for a human rights impact assessment. And in five years, the legislation is set to sunset, meaning that it has to be reviewed and it has to be reapproved and it has to be seen again as necessary. And so there's an opportunity to rewrite history, hopefully sooner than that. But definitely in five years, they're going to have to justify it again. So what can anyone listening do? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say sign the find the petition on GetUp um, and sign it and um, write to your MP because they clearly feel still that this isn't an election issue. They clearly feel that people don't care enough about these topics. So if you need to, at digitalrightswatch.org, we just posted uh, a detailed analysis of this bill. Feel free to just forward that into the inbox of your local MP and tell them that you're concerned that your civil liberties are not being protected. Lucy Kreholtsova, Executive Director of Digital Rights Watch, thank you very much for the work that you do and continue your great work. Thanks for speaking to us here at Byron Bay FM. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Take care.